Welcome to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon has a passion for scripture that will motivate and challenge you to immerse yourself in God's word and apply his message to your everyday life. Visit SeekingTruth.net to learn more about bringing Seeking Truth to your parish or to become an online learner. Today, it's part one of the first book of Samuel, chapters four through eight and Psalm eight. And now, Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Hi, and welcome to Seeking Truth. Today, we're going to talk about 1 Samuel chapters 4 to 8 in conjunction with Psalm number 8. And I've titled it today, Do You Want a King? Now, we have to look at Scripture in historical context. As Catholics, that's the Catholic way. We look at history because history is his story. He entered human history. I want you to know who these Philistines are. They're important today. So we have to go back to this time in history. And there were 12 judges of Israel in the book of Judges, which were right in this time in history. And I wanted to, I'll tell you, one of those judges was a woman, Deborah. The one I want to talk about today, though, is Samson, the 12th judge. Remember the judges, the time of the judges. No prophets, no kings. Every man was doing what he thought was right in his own eyes. And they were in this endless sin cycle where they kept falling away from the Lord. And then a judge would bring them back. Samson is the final judge. He's followed by Eli, the high priest we're learning about. And then the number 14 judge is Samuel. But Samuel's that transition guy who goes from judges to becoming the first prophet. And eventually, as the first prophet and priest, he will anoint the first king. So he's the transitional swing guy. But who are these Philistines that they're up against today? Now, they are an aggressive, war-mongering people first introduced in Genesis and Exodus. And so when God gives them the promised land, the holy land, there's one problem. It's occupied with all these other nations. And so he gave them the land, but they got to clear all these other nations out. So that's not going to be easy. One of those nations they're struggling against today is the Philistines. And the Philistines occupy the southwest territory of Israel between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. And they had five major cities. And the Philistines are mentioned already way back in Genesis 10 in the table of nations because they descended from Noah. And they have five major cities. That whole gray area is theirs. And these people, the Israelites, this puny little nation is moving in and supposed to be taking over this territory. Well, that's not going to be easy. Today, you might have heard of Palestine. We get the word Palestine from the Philistines. The name Philistine comes from the Hebrew word Philistia. And the Greek rendering of Palestinia gives us the modern name Palestine. And that's this area where the Philistines are dwelling. And it's still a very contentious area even today. It's in the West Bank. Palestine. Okay, and there was a main trade route that ran right through their area because see how close they are to the Mediterranean Sea. And so you had to go through this area if you're going to export on the sea. And their five main cities are Gaza. You've heard of the Gaza Strip. That's still there today. Ashdod, Ashkelon, Ekron, and Gath. You may remember Goliath of Gath. He's a Philistine giant that little David, little boy David's going to come up against in our study this year. So he is a Philistine, Goliath of Gath. The city of Gath was destroyed in the ninth century. But guess who the mother of Goliath of Gath was? That big giant who David beheaded. Guess who his mama was? 
Who's that? The other daughter-in-law, Orpah. Orpah, the other daughter-in-law who left Naomi, goes on to mother Goliath of Gath. Isn't that something? It's in the Babylonian Talmud that Goliath was a son of Orpah, the sister-in-law of Ruth. And the Ruth Rabbah goes on to say that there might even have been a closer relationship that Orpah and Ruth may have been full-blood sisters as well as sister-in-laws. Orpah was said to have made a pretense of accompanying Ruth for about 40 paces, about 40 steps. She went along with Ruth and Naomi, but then she turned back. And she, it is said in the Jerusalem Talmud that Goliath was born by polyspermy, meaning that she had about 100 fathers. Goliath had about 100 fathers, but only one mother, Orpah. So you can think about that. But uh, Orpah went the wrong direction, right? She should have gone with Naomi and Ruth and the one true God, but she turned back in freedom and goes a different direction. So instead of the God of Israel, Orpah gives birth to a Philistine giant who will worship the god Dagon, who we're learning about today. That's one of their big gods. And on Goliath's death, it was found that on his heart, he carried an image of Dagon, Orpah's boy, an image of Dagon. And Thereby, he also came to a shameful downfall. He will be killed by a boy. Now, who were these Philistines? Well, I love archaeology and biblical archaeology especially because we find out these things are really true. Uh, in 216, they uncovered a whole Philistine cemetery, and they have been working on that dig for over 30 years trying to find the Philistines. Were they real? Did they exist? What's their DNA? And they found it. They unearthed a cemetery. It's over 3,000. It shows that the Philistines rested for more than 3,000 years in this cemetery. They've brought up skulls, done some carbon dating. This dates back. They started the dig in 1985 and found that carbon dating the bones, they were as far back as 1150 BC, 1150 years before Christ. So this is in this time time zone that we're studying today. And so we have these 12 judges. I want to talk about Samson because you have to know this era and you have to know this history and you have to know who these people are. So we're going to Judges 13 for a minute. The people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for how long? 40 years. That's a number of judgment, right? There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites. This is Jacob's son, Dan, way up north. His name was Manoah. His wife was barren. She had no children. It's a common theme. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and you have no children. You will conceive and bear a son. Well, therefore, the angel went on to the woman only. Therefore, beware, woman, drink no wine, no strong drink, eat nothing unclean, for you are going to conceive and bear a son. A, no razor will ever come upon your son's head. The boy will be a Nazarite to God. That means separated, set apart from birth. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Who is this son? This barren woman goes back and tells her husband, a man of God came to me. His countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. It was very terrible, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he was. I didn't ask him to tell me his name. I just, he told me though that we're gonna have a son. And he told me to drink no wine, no strong drink. Let nothing unclean pass my lips. And Manoah, her husband, said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I pray thee, O oh, let the man of God whom thou didst send come again to teach us what we are to do with this boy. 
when he is born. So he only, this angel only appeared to the woman, and the husband, Manoah, would like to see him also. So God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not there. So the angel comes a second time just to the woman. We don't know her name, just to the woman. And the woman ran in haste, and she told her husband, Behold, the man, the man who told me, hey, he's come, he's come, he's come again, he's appearing. And Manoah rose and went after his wife. He came to the man, and he said, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, now when your words come true, what is the boy's manner of life? What is he to do? How are we to raise this kid? What are we supposed to teach him? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that, I said to the woman, let her beware. She, the woman, may not eat anything that comes from the vine. Neither let her drink strong drink, and don't let her eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, and let her observe. Manoah said to the angel, oh, pray, let us detain you. Let us make a kid goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, if you detain me, I will not eat your food. Make it ready, a burnt offering, and offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not know this was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel, what is your name? What is your name? So that when your words come true, we can honor you. And the angel said, why do you ask my name? Seeing, isn't it wonderful? So Manoah took the kid goat, the cereal offering. He offered it upon the rock to the Lord, to him who works wonderful deeds. And then the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, and the angel of the Lord ascended up in the flame of fire from the altar while Manoah and his wife looked on. They fell on their faces to the ground. Now they were barren, like Hannah had been barren. And Anna was barren and is at the time very close to Hannah and it's the ending time of the judges and they have an enemy. For 40 years they've been ruled by the Philistines. Who are the Philistines? Well, God is raising up a judge that's going to come strongly up against the Philistines. His name is Samson. They called him Samson and that name means like the sun. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir in Samson. Now the boy grows up and Samson went down to Timnah. And at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, Timnah is great wine country. And what were they supposed to promise the Lord? That Nazarite vow that no grape, no grape seed, no grape skin, no wine, nothing of the wine wouldn't come near this kid. And he's in the wine country in the Philistine wine country, and he notices a woman. And he tells his mom and dad, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines of Tinma, and I want you to get her for me as my wife. Oh, and the mother and father said, oh, isn't there a woman among our daughters, one of your kinsmen, someone from among our people, that you have to go down and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines, our enemy? And Samson said to his father, get her for me, because she pleases me well. Oh my, one of the seven deadly sins that Samson has, one of them is lust. His father and his mother did not know that this was from the Lord. God can use all things for his work. This was from the Lord. The Lord was seeking an occasion against the Philistine. And he knew, he knew Samson was the one. At that time, the Philistines had complete dominion over Israel. Samson went down with his father and his mother to Timnah. He came into the vineyards of Timnah. Now that Nazarite vow, said he couldn't be anywhere near grapes. He could eat nothing, even the seeds or the skins in number six, four. But he sees this young lion in the, in the vineyard that's roaring against him and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he tore that lion asunder like a kid goat. He tore it apart with his hands, but he didn't tell his mom and dad that he did this because 
He's touching death in the vineyard. The other part of the Nazarite vow is no death. You can't be around a corpse of any kind. And he's killed a lion with his own hands in the middle of a vineyard. He's broken two of the Nazarite vows. And then he went down and he talked with the woman and she pleased him well. The Bible's exciting. Lust, lust, lust. And after a while, he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the dead lion. It gets worse. Behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the dead lion and there was honey there. So he scraped out the honey into his hands and he started eating it as well. Mm. And he came to his father and mother and he gave some of the honey to them. And he didn't tell them where he got it. He said, mom and dad, eat this. And what was his mother told? She was, she also was to ever, never, never eat something unclean. And he's getting this out of a dead corpse. And he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the carcass of the dead lion. Now he's broken two of those Nazarite vows. He's in a vineyard eating from a dead corpse, contact with grapes and contact with death. And he shares it with his parents his unknowing parents, and they're on their way to his Philistine wedding. And Samson says to the Philistine men at the wedding, let me now put a riddle to you. And if you can tell me what it is within the seven days of this feast, this big drinking party that we're having, that we're calling a Philistine wedding, if you figure this out, I'll give you 30 linen garments, 30 ephahs, and 30 festal garments. Festal garments are wedding garments. They're very expensive. But if you cannot tell me, what the meaning of this riddle is, then you have to give me the 30 ephods and the 30 festal garments. And they said, oh, put your riddle out there that we can hear it. They're game on. And Samson told them this riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Tell me what that means. You got to guess the riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Three days went by, and no one had figured out the riddle. They had no idea. On the fourth day, the Philistines went to his wife. The Philistine men went to the Philistine wife, and they said, tell your new husband. Get the the answer out of him. We want to know what the riddle is. If you don't, we're going to burn your father's house with fire, and and we're going to burn you up. You have invited us here to impoverish us. Get the answer out of him. And Samson's wife started weeping. And she said to Samson, you only hate me. You do not love me. You put a riddle to my countrymen, the Philistines, and you haven't told me what it is. And he said, hey, I didn't even tell my own mom and dad the answer. Why should I tell you? And she wept and she cried for seven days while the feast lasted. And on the seventh day, he finally told her because she was pressing him so hard. She went around behind his back and told the Philistines the answer to the riddle. And the men of the city came on the seventh day before the sun went down. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? That's the answer. And Samson was so outraged. If you had not plowed with my heifer, that's his wife. If you had not plowed with my heifer, then you wouldn't found out my riddle. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 men. He took the spoil. He took their ephahs. He took their festal garments. And those who had told the riddle, he was hot in anger. And Samson's wife was given to his best man. And after a while, at the time of the wheat harvest, which as you guys know now is Shavuot for Israel, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson goes with a kid goat to visit his Philistine wife. He'd like a marital visit. And he said, I will go into my wife in the chamber. But the father-in-law said, uh... Mm, sorry, uh, I really thought you utterly hated her, so I gave her to your companion, to your best man. Uh, the younger sister is available. She's fairer than she. I pray you take her instead. And Samson this time was so angry, so outraged. She said, this time I shall be blameless in regard to the Philistines when I do them mischief. This time Samson went and caught 300 foxes and he took torches 
a fire, and he tied the foxes together, tail to tail, and he put the, for, the, the torch of fire between their tails and started their tails on fire, and he sent them through the beautiful wheat fields that were ripe with harvest, the Philistine wheat fields. He set fire to the torches and let the foxes go in the standing beautiful grain of the Philistines, and he burned up the entire fields of the Philistines. <laughs> and the Philistines said, who has done this? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timonite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion, his best man. So Samson has a little bit of an anger problem. Wrath is another one of his capital sins and revenge. The Philistines came and burned her, his wife, and they burned her father with fire. And Samson said to them, if this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged upon you, and after that I will quit. And he smote them hip and thigh with great slaughter. He went down and stayed at Edom in the cliff of a rock. The Philistines encamped in Judah. They made a raid on Lahai. Judah said, why why have you come up against us? They said, the men of Judah, why have you come up against us? We have come to bind Samson, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock and said to Samson, do you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then have you done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I have done to them. And they said to him, we have come down to bid that you give you into the hand. We're going to give you into the hands of the Philistines. Samson said, swear to me, swear to me that you will not fall upon me yourselves. And they said to him, no, no, we're just going to bind you. And then we're going to give you into their hands. We won't kill you. They're going to kill you. So they bound him up with brand new ropes, tight, tight, tight. And he came to Lahai. The Philistines came shouting to meet him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson and the ropes which were on his arms became like flax that had caught fire and his bonds snapped, melted like nothing. And he found a fresh jawbone of an ass and he put it in his hand and he seized it and with that jawbone he slew a thousand Philistine men. And Samson said, with this jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. And when he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone and he was thirsty. And he said, Lord, thou hast granted me great deliverance by the hand of your servant. Now you're going to have me die of thirst. I'm thirsty. And, and, and guess what the Lord did? The God split that hollow place open and water came from the rock. Who does that sound like? Moses. He split the rocks open and let Samson drink his fill. Now Samson ruled in the days of the Philistines for 20 years. He was a judge of Israel against the Philistines. And when Samson went to Gaza, he saw a harlot there. He visited a harlot and he went into her and the Gazites were told, Samson's here. He's at, the, he's at the house of prostitution. We saw him. Samson's here. Samson's here. They surrounded the place of prostitution. They lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. And they kept quiet all night. Let us wait until the light of the morning. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. We got him this time. But Samson lay until midnight. Then he arose and he took hold of the doors of the gates of the city and the posts and he ripped them up and oh, he went way to the top of Mount Hebron to tell Hebron with that great big city gate on his back with all the posts and all the pillars. And after this, he loved a woman in the valley whose name was Delilah. The only woman's name we get in this whole story, Delilah. She's the only woman named. Samson's name means like the sun, and hers is a Hebrew wordplay that means night. 
the only thing that can overcome the sun is the night. Samson is going to be overcome by the night. Delilah, the lords of the Philistines came to Delilah and they said to her, entice him, see where he gets his great strength so we can overpower him. Here, we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver. And so she tried, Samson, Samson, please tell me where you get your strength. And he told her that if they bind me with fresh, seven fresh bowstrings that are not, that have not been dried, I'll be weak like any other man. And so they did it. They did it. The, 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 the soldiers were waiting to take him away. Samson! And he snapped the bowstrings like nobody's business. That wasn't the secret. Delilah said to him again, Samson, you have mocked me. You have told me lies. Now tell me how you might be bound, my darling. And he said to her, if they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I'll become weak. And so they tried that. He broke the ropes like a thread. And Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Let me now, tell me now, how might you be bound? And he said to her, if you weave my seven locks of hair into the web of the, of the loom, I'll become weak like any other man. She tried it. She took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web and she made them tight with a pin. And the Philistines are upon you, Samson, she said. And when he woke from his sleep, he pulled the pin of the loom and the web. Oh! Samson, how can you say that you love me? How can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? Three times you have mocked me. Three times you have told me nothing but lies. Where is your great strength? She pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him. Her soul was vexed. And then he told her all his mind. A razor has never come upon my head. That was the one part of the Nazarite vow he hadn't broken yet. A razor has never come upon my head. A Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I shaved, then my strength would leave me and I would become weak like any normal man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her whole mind. He had told her his whole heart, his whole mind. She knew it was true. And she told the Philistines, come up at once. He has told me all his mind. And the Lord of the Philistines came up, brought the money, gave her the 1,100 pieces of silver. So it was three denials followed by a payment of silver. She made him sleep upon her knees and she called a man. She had him shave off the seven locks of his head while he was sleeping. And she began to torment him and all his strength left him the moment he woke up with no hair. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He woke up from his sleep. He said, I will go out at all the other times. I will shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Contact with grapes and wine, eating from death, and now cutting his hair, the three vows of the Nazarite vow. He's broken them all. And the Philistines see Samson. They gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, in the prison, and they made him grind the mill day after day after day after year after year. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. And the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, which you will learn about today as well. Dagon, the god, main god of the Philistines. And they said, our god, little g god, our god has given Samson, our enemy, into our hands. For they said, only god, only Dagon could do this. He has given Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Dagon the same God that we will learn about in 1 Samuel. And when the people saw Samson, they praised God. And they said, our God has given our enemy into our hands. The ravager of our country, he has slain many of us. 
and they wanted to make merry their hearts. They started drinking. They said, call Samson out that he could make sport for us. They called Samson out of the prison. They made, he made sport for them, and they made him stand between the pillars while they laughed at him. And Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me fill the pillars on which the house rests that I may have, may I lean against them. Now the house was full of women and men. Lords of the Philistines were there. On the roof, there were the 3,000 men and women who were looking on Samson, making sport of him. Then Samson called out to the Lord God of Israel, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be avenged upon the Philistines for one of my two eyes. This will just count for one of my two eyes. That's how much revenge he had. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars upon which the house rested. And he leaned his weight upon them and his right hand on one and his left on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed with all his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were in it. So the dead whom he slew at his death were more than those whom he had slain during his entire life. And he's buried there to this day in Zorah. He had judged Israel for 20 years. Now, I tell you that story because it's in the same time frame and I want you to see who these Philistines are. Samuel's first prophecy was a difficult one to deliver. The priesthood is going to be removed from the family of Eli and here we go today, 1 Samuel 4. The word of Samuel came to all of Israel. Now Israel went out to battle who? Against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer and the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up a line against Israel and the battle spread who slew 4,000 men that day. 4,000 Israelite men were slain. The troops came to the camp to the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord put us out route today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh that he could come with us and save us from the powers of our enemies. 4,000 have already been killed. They didn't have the ark with them because the ark's up in Shiloh, remember? They said, we need God with us in battle. We need God with us against the Philistines. They remembered Samson, I'm sure. So the people sent to Shiloh, they brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, who's enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were there with the ark of the covenant of God. Remember those two? Remember Hophni and Phinehas? Those scandalous, wicked sons of Eli. When the ark of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard of the noise of the shouting, they said, what? What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? The Philistines heard it. The loud thunder, the people shouting and praising God. They're scared. What, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? When they learned that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord God had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. And they said, a God, a little G God, has come into the camp. Oh, they didn't know. It's a big G God, the only God. And they said, woe to us. Nothing like this has ever happened to us before. They worshiped little G gods. But the God of Israel was a big G God, the only God, the true God. And the Philistines remembered what this God, the Israelites God, had done to Pharaoh of Egypt. When he brought those 10 plagues, who can deliver us from the, these mighty gods? These gods who smote the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage, acquit yourselves like men. Be like men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves of the Hebrews. Ooh, what could be worse than the great Philistine nation becoming slaves of the puny, weak Israelites? Stand up, acquit yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines fought. And guess what? Israel was defeated. And they fled, every man to his home. And there was a great slaughter. And that day, 30 
30,000 foot soldiers of Israel died in a single day. 30,000 Hebrews dead by the Philistines. That was part one of the first book of Samuel, chapters four through eight in Psalm eight on Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To learn more about Seeking Truth Bible studies, visit seekingtruth.net. Tune in next time for more Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.